another season. First draft is underway. Jalen Carter, too quick, too powerful. Touchdowns, a touchdown. That is a bad man. Oh, no, 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 Maybe the best player in the sport. Watch out for Mr. Robinson. Fifth touchdown pass for C.J. Stroud. Jackson Smith and Jigbo, arguably the top receiver in the country. If you didn't know the name Will Levis before tonight, you know it now. Richardson, lead throws a defender out of bounds. He is a highlight reel waiting to happen every time he touches the football. Welcome into First Draft, and we are just hours away from the technical start of NFL free agency and also the 2023 league year, but draft season never sleeps. I am Field Yates, and as always, I am joined by the two men who are the NFL draft left to right, Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay. And gentlemen, before we get into everything that we have to talk about today, and there was a major draft trade, I got to own something. We are doing this show live, and for those that are watching on Twitter or YouTube or anywhere else... There is the possibility that any minute now we could have news from Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show about what he expects to do next season. If you're listening on the audio version, it'll be old news by the time that is posted. But hear us out. If we have some news to react to, we will certainly do exactly that. But Mel and Todd, welcome in. And I'll start with you, Mel. Uh, news broke on Friday night, I believe it was, that the Chicago Bears had traded down from pick number one all the way to pick number nine with the Carolina Panthers, the package includes not just draft picks, number nine, a 2024 first-round pick, a 2023 second-round pick, and a 2025 second-round pick, but also D.J. Moore, an excellent receiver who may or may not have gone to University of Maryland, as you well know. What were your thoughts when you hear that this blockbuster move has taken place? Great trade, uh, Field and Todd, for the Chicago Bears to move down to nine now. Jalen mm -hmm. Carter, defensive tackle, Georgia, could still be in play at nine. But to get D.J. Moore, a heck of a receiver, coming out of the Maryland Terrapin program, and to have him as a now will be their number one. They traded for Chase Claypool. Uh, around November 1st. Now, he struggled a bit adjusting to a different offensive system than the one they ran in Pittsburgh with the Steelers. And a quarterback in Justin Fields coming in. First year with Luke Getze. Fields had the injury late. They weren't always on the same page. He should be a heck of a lot better. Claypool should be in year two with this offense. Second year, same thing with Justin Fields. Second year with Luke Getze. Then you think about the draft picks. Gives them maneuverability both this year and next year. Uh, to see they can move up and down and around next year. They're st set for that year. And for this year, when you think about where they are right now, uh, you know, the right tackle spot on the offensive line, an area they want to address, certainly the defensive line with multiple draft choices that will bring in defensive line, an edge and defensive tackle. So now they have the ability the Bears do to build this football team up, both offensively and defensively. They're set for the years to come. Couldn't be a better situation for GM Ryan Poles and, and the Chicago Bears to be in this spot to where they are. And then Roy Todd to Carolina. They are guaranteed they're getting their QB1, or they could move down just a bit if they like two guys and they know they're going to get one of those guys. Talk is Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, my guy Will Levis. I keep thinking he's going to be perfect for Indianapolis, but can Indianapolis wait to four to see Will Levis drop there? Will they have to move up to three? Arizona's pick could drop to four if, if Indianapolis has to feel like, hey, if, somebody, if somebody's going to go up there, it's got to be us if we want Levis. So it's going to be fun to see, Todd, how this quarterback situation plays out. Yeah, if you're Carolina, you've got to get the quarterback situation taken care of, and, and they gave up a lot to do it. But if you're moving from nine to one, 
and, and the team at number one knows that you need a quarterback and, and that there's a quarterback there, maybe, maybe two or three that they really like, they, you know, they, got a, they got a great haul for it. All these draft picks plus D.J. Moore at the wide receiver position. The Bears, you know, they made a leap this year, and, and they did it with, with uh, Justin Fields playing better and playing more to his style with, with his mobility and, and everything that he can do with his feet. Now you add another weapon, and Claypool doesn't have to be the guy. He can be a secondary guy to D.J. Moore, who is a primary receiver. So I th- on paper, this is a great trade for the Bears. It gives them a lot of flexibility. The big question is, who goes number one? I mean, that, that's what everyone wants to know. And, and, yes, it's lying season, and I like to call it more rumor season than anything because we've got our guys in the league, and I know who to trust. And I know who's, you know, trying to get information out there. My guess is you're going to hear that, that Carolina likes all four of the top quarterbacks. They like Bryce Young. They like C.J. Stroud. They like Anthony Richardson. They like Will Levis. I've heard talk about Tepper, the owner, liking Will Levis and having a great rapport with him. I've heard Frank Reich talk about, you know, there's rumors about him loving Anthony Richardson, what he could do to develop him. Uh, Bryce Young, uh, most of us think he is the number one quarterback in the class, but maybe he doesn't fit what they're looking for, and C.J. Stroud is a little bit bigger. Uh, how about this? I'm going to give you some, some, some names and some heights that Frank Wright, in terms of quarterbacks, has worked with over his career. Mm. Peyton Manning, 6'5", Phillip mm. Rivers, 6'5", Carson Wentz, 6'5", Nick Foles, 6'6", six, six. Andrew Luck, 6'4", Jacoby Brissett, 6'4", Matt Ryan, 6'4". So, you know, that doesn't mean that they automatically Frank Reich and, and the, the Panther, Panther staff is going to say no to a 5'10 and change Bryce Young. But you have to start to lean, in my opinion, a little bit more to, to C.J. Stroud, who's six foot three and is a lot closer to, to kind of that pocket passer and that, that stature that, that Frank Reich is used to working with. So that's going to be interesting to say. I had to do an updated mock right, like right away when we found out about the trade. I kept Bryce Young there because I have him as the number one quarterback. But the more I'm thinking about it, the more I think it's likely that it's C.J. Stroud. And I think the wild card is Anthony Richardson just because of the potential and the development that Frank Reich and what he's been able to do with some quarterbacks over the years. But C.J. Stroud at 6'3", yes, a little bit of a lean frame, but he'll continue to get bigger and stronger as he goes. Showed more of his mobility you know, late in the season, especially in that Georgia game and the college football playoff semifinal. And most importantly, Frank Reich is looking for a distributor, a guy who has fast eyes, processes, and, and is a smooth, natural thrower of the football. And if you're looking for the best pure pocket passer in this class, it's C.J. Stroud. It sure is. And, Mel, I want to ask a few more questions about this trade. And we don't know, again, as you guys have both said, we don't know who's going to be the number one overall pick. And there's a very good chance, as Todd alluded to, that every one of the top four quarterbacks will be linked by a source as the likely player that the Panthers will take number one overall. I don't know that we need to solve that mystery right now. But specific to the trade, Mel, let me assume that Carolina stays at number one. While there has been some speculation they could move back, I really wonder if an owner is going to want to pay full freight to move up because he must have a player in mind, or his team does, and then move back. Let's assume they stay there. Let's also assume that Houston, 
who has not signed a quarterback in free agency other than Case Keenum. There was some speculation they could be in the market for somebody like a Jimmy Garoppolo. Also takes a quarterback at number two. If you're Chris Ballard of the Colts, how are you feeling right now? And would you be on the phone exhausting Monty Austinforth, the Cardinals GM, to make sure you move up to number three because you're at best right now getting quarterback three, and it could be quarterback four because someone else could move up to that third pick like you were referencing earlier. Yeah, and guys, it could be QB1 for you, okay? Sure. Just because it's QB3 <laughs> off the board, that means right. it's not your QB1. And Will Levis, right there, with for me, it could be QB1. Uh, Bryce Young, at the Todd's point about the heights and weights, nobody's ever coached with Bryce Young. He's the smallest quarterback in the history of the draft for the first round. So I don't know many many uh, head coaches or offensive coordinators have worked with a 5'10", uh, you know, 195, 200-pound quarterback. So when you're looking at Bryce Young, he's unique 204 to the, to the pounds, one pick. He's unique to the first round. I hear you. The thing is, can he maintain that? Yeah, what is he going to be in the, during the season? Uh, that's the most important thing. Not manufactured weight, but real weight. We've never had a player where you talk about real weight and, and height together, size overall, be this size when you put it both together that Bryce Young is. We talk about being a great processor. He is the great distributor of the football. He is. He's all that. He better be, Todd. The big thing is... Can he hold up physically? You see Miami going to be building this team around Tua, holding their breath. Every time Tua's out there, can he come yep. back for the next game? Can he come back for the next game? Can he play a full season? That's going to be what you're going to be doing with Bryce Young. Make no mistake about it. Size is important. Physicality is important. A quarterback in this league, yes, it's easier for quarterbacks now. Yes, they, they say they don't have to get hit as much. You're protecting them, but they're still getting hit, okay? They get the pain but they still get the penalty, okay? You see the pain and no penalty, now it's pain with penalty. It's still pain last time I checked. It's still your body taking a lot of hard hits. So to me, that's the question you're just going to have to think about with Bryce Young here. Will Levis, talk about accuracy, he's got that. Talk about the ability to throw the ball. Stronger arm than C.J. Stroud, no question about that. And mobility, he showed it. Nine rushing touchdowns in 2021 when he was healthy. He's a dual-threat quarterback. If Ballard is sitting there at four, to answer Fields' question, if I'm sitting there at four, now I'm the Indianapolis Colts, and I see Bryce Young and Stroud go 1-2 in whatever order we want to throw it out there, right? And we're sitting there at 3, and Arizona is up, and teams are trying to trade in there to get Will Levis. Or Todd says Anthony Richardson. I think Richardson is the developmental quarterback. We'll see where that ends up. Richardson certainly could be Lamar Jackson, no question about it. People say Josh Allen. Well, we see Lamar came in with some questions throwing the football. We knew he was a great runner. Nobody knew Josh Allen would be that great a runner. That's what Lamar Jackson did. So I'd go to more to Lamar. We know what Lamar is. We know what Richardson can be if that's your comp, okay? But if you're the Colts and you see other teams going up there and you got to get there to get the quarterback, you got to go one spot. If Levis could be your QB1, okay? There's no, there are teams that think he is. So uh, coming out of that offense with Liam Cohen, then Scangarillo, two different offenses, lost his offensive line, terrible O-line this year, lost his number one receiver. All those things point to maybe Bowered at four, then three guys getting his QB1 if, in fact, it is Will Levis. And we don't know that. I'm just saying, don't think just because they come off the board a certain way that they're getting the third best quarterback on their board. That may not be the case. And, and if, if, I'm, if I'm Arizona, I'm dying to make a trade with Indianapolis because I'm moving back one spot. I know three quarterbacks are going ahead of me, and I can take Will Anderson. Or, or Jalen Carter, if, if, if everything works out legally and, and you're comfortable with that whole situation. So I would love to move, move back one spot. I also would entertain a, a move back to number seven with Las Vegas. I mean, Josh McDaniels needs a quarterback. 
and, and they're hungry to get a guy. And they've been active already bringing in, you know, veteran guys and, and guys that can help their team. So I, I think that it's going to be very interesting to see which deal, because I'll be shocked if we get to the first night of the draft and Arizona is picking at number three. Yeah, I think yeah. absolutely you take advantage of those two hungry teams for quarterbacks, Indy at four and Vegas at seven. One of those deals may, will make a whole lot of sense. You're still going to get a great player at seven. You're going to get the best defensive player or the best player that's not a quarterback in the draft if you move back one spot. And you're going to get additional compensation for it. So Arizona would be crazy not to make a deal. And Indianapolis and Vegas would be crazy not to be pursuing a deal for that number three spot. Yeah, and of course, the Colts quarterback depth chart, quite barren right now. They're going to eventually release Matt Ryan. Would be sort of logical if they did the same with Nick Foles. The Raiders did sign Jimmy Garoppolo, but... One of those contracts, and if you look at it across the quarterback landscape, is not exactly like a, you know a long-term marriage that's guaranteed to last forever. You're not the fifty million dollar range per year. Uh, that could be one that they could. Escape and here's from. the other thing: with, ahead, yeah. with with a Jimmy Garoppolo, you can have a starter for a year while you're developing an Anthony Richardson. You know, yeah. To me, that makes all the sense in the world because AR is not ready to step in and start right away. Maybe he'll be forced into that kind of situation and they'll have to utilize his, his legs and, and hope for the best for in year one. But ideally, you go to a situation like, like Las Vegas has with a quarterback who can be the starter. You get some reps you know, in games in your rookie year. You get to learn from a veteran who, who's been around and, and knows the game and worked with Tom Brady and has been a starter and has been a backup and kind of knows all the parts of the quarterback position. And then in year two, or maybe even year three, Anthony Richardson becomes a starter. So I love, I would love that marriage of Anthony Richardson in, in Las Vegas because of that, that situation with Garoppolo and with Josh McDaniels. By the way, it's been a whole two years since Jimmy Garoppolo was on a team that made a major move up the board to draft a quarterback to eventually replace Jimmy G. <laughs> we'll just see whether Trey Lance actually ever replaces Jimmy G. We could talk about this trade for the whole show, but Mel, one sort of last question, at least on my end, that I have is, you know, one of the things that's been brought up is if you're moving down from number one and you're moving back in the order how far can you do comfortably before you kind of fall out of the range of those blue chip players? And it feels like with the Bears, number nine indicates that they don't feel like they have moved too far back. And that seems to align with how you have stacked your draft prospect board, knowing that of the eight picks before Chicago at number nine, four of them are going to be quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that's a great question. Todd's talked about you know, maneuverability, and Chicago could go down again. Uh, if they're looking right tackle, they could move down again, okay, mm. and go off of that ninth pick depending upon how things fall. So it'll be interesting to see whether they just – Jalen Carter is there. Is that their guy? And he certainly could be. Uh, just back to the point of quarterbacks, guys. Remember when the Sam Darnold was the number one quarterback? He was QB1 for a lot of people, and Josh Allen was in that mix. Nobody had Baker Mayfield QB1, but the Cleveland Browns did. Right. And they took Baker Mayfield QB1. So, again, that's why we don't know the order of these quarterbacks in terms of the National Football League teams that need help at that position and will take a quarterback. But I think in this particular draft, when you look at the top part of the draft, and you say, okay, Seattle at five. They get a bonus pick in the Russell Wilson deal. You have Geno locked in. I get that. But now you can develop your quarterback and Anthony Richardson if you bring him in. Then you have the other pick coming up. You could address the defensive line. So I think you're right. I think, Todd, I think you look at teams like that that can afford the opportunity, be afforded that opportunity to let Anthony Richardson 
be a piece of the equation, a piece of the puzzle, but not be the guy and have a two or three year period to develop him. When the Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson, they had Joe Flacco. Uh, okay, so in case you have Geno Smith, you draft Anthony Richardson. Okay, to your point, you have Jimmy Garoppolo, you can draft Anthony Richardson. You don't plan on picking up the picking this high uh, after this year. Teams always think they're going to be in the twenties. Okay, you always think they're going to be really good. You don't think they're going to be awful. So again, if you get that opportunity to get a guy who has tremendous talent, you look at Anthony Richardson. I watched him as you guys did against Utah, and I'm thinking after that game, he's a guaranteed number one pick in this draft. He's going to go ahead of Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, all Will Levis. He's going to go ahead of everybody. And then he came kind of came back and, and, and regressed a bit. And he was missing layups, easy throws he was missing. But the kind of talent you see right here, you can't teach, you can't coach. He's got a rocket arm. He's already going to be right away one of the best three, four, or five running quarterbacks in the league. Okay, Eventually, he's going to maybe be the best running back out there uh, at the quarterback position. Throwing the football, arm strength outstanding. The accuracy, those easy throws he'll miss. Can a quarterback coach fix that? I think they can. And if they can, he can be Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, when he's healthy, is an outstanding quarterback in this league. He's an MVP. He's a guy that you say is one of the elite quarterbacks. So I'm with you on Anthony Richards. I think he has to go to the right team, though. And I think you're right. The Vegas certainly could be that team. And Seattle, to me, could be that team. All right. So I got this rundown right here for those that are maybe watching on the YouTube feed or going to watch it eventually on YouTube. We're going to throw it out because for the rest of the show, or at least part of the show, we do have some news to tend to. And we could have talked about that trade for the entire show. We'll get back to it more if we need to. And we'll certainly talk about other things that could happen. But Aaron Rodgers, just moments ago, revealed to Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee show that he made it clear last Friday, and it's now Wednesday if my time is correct, that he intends to play in 2023 and intends to play for the New York Jets. The only holdup being that they have not yet agreed to compensation. But Todd McShay, a blockbuster of all blockbuster yes. moves. We don't know the terms yet, obviously. It sounds like these two teams don't know the terms. But your first reaction to Aaron Rodgers becoming eventually a New York Jet is what? Well, I, I know Joe Douglas well. We you obviously sure played yeah. college football together and have been friends for a long time. I know we got on that flight with, with, with Salah, with, with Woody, Woody's private jet, and they flew out to California and they met, met with Aaron Rodgers. And they weren't leaving until they made sure that they were getting Aaron Rodgers. Derek Carr was the backup plan. He winds up going to New Orleans, and it, it became Aaron Rodgers. We've got to be all in on this guy. They haven't quit on Zach Wilson. I know that's not part of the story, but this is a great situation for Zach. He's close with Aaron Rodgers. He now gets to sit behind Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years and learn how to be a professional quarterback, mature, you know, understand what it takes to be a leader, understand what it takes to, in, in terms of just, you know, what you have to study and the different things you have to do to be a great quarterback. So this could not only be a short-term huge gain for the Jets, but maybe a long-term one as well. Aaron Rodgers comes in with the confidence, the swag, and still playing at an extremely high level. And you look at this team, they had the offensive rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson, defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner. They killed it in the draft. They have put all the pieces together. That defense was outstanding last year, especially considering all the bad situations they were put in by the offense. And Joe Douglas, in talking to him, it it drove him crazy. I sent him a text and I said, congratulations. You know, you drafted the, the offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. He said, yeah, that's great. He goes, but, but seven and 10, he's like, that, it just doesn't work. Like we, we've got to find our guy. And they found their guy. And so now like if you're a Jets fan, 
This is the most excited you have, you have been probably in decades because you have a quarterback who is a Hall of Famer who's still playing at a very high level. You've got a great young receiver. You've got an offensive line that's, that's improving and will continue to improve in this, in this draft. You've got a defense that's playing at a championship level and will only continue to get better because they're really young on that side of the ball. So this is a huge get. And it's fascinating, too, in, in the AFC East. I mean, now you've got the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. You've got Miami with two if he can stay healthy. You've got the Bills with Josh Allen. And now the Patriots are, are team number four. You know, Mac Jones had t- taken a step back a year ago. So this is going to be one of the toughest divisions in the league. And Aaron Rodgers immediately makes the Jets a, a playoff contender and maybe even a Super Bowl contender. Well. Yeah, Garrett Wilson feels pretty doggone good right now. You know, I think you look at, at Garrett, you think about Lazard, you think about the, the Brees Hall coming back from the injury. Uh, you think about the defense, as Todd mentioned, that's a Super Bowl caliber, Super Bowl winning defense. And now the excitement of that team and that locker room and, and knowing what's going to happen once they get the training camp, they get a, obviously with the OTAs, get everything going with that football team with Aaron Rodgers coming in. And then the opportunity, as Todd said, the offensive line. That's the big issue is fixing and getting that offensive line to be cohesive, stay healthy. Vera Tucker coming back from the injury, adding an offensive lineman at pick number 13, which this trade has not been announced. We don't know what the the terms of the trade are. What are they giving up? You have to believe from what you hear, maybe not 13. Maybe it's a two and then a a, a, a conditional pick the following year. We'll see about that. But that 13th pick, Todd, and feel like is important now because this team's offensive line needs to be Fixed. And that, uh, that offensive line position at 13 could bring you a Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State, a Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern, a Broderick Jones from Georgia. They could bring you that offensive lineman that they really need to help out an Aaron Rodgers. A Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Them, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, Wright's in that mix. I mean, a, a guy that's moving up is Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse. Not this high, but he'll be a second-round pick that a lot of people think can be a steal in the second round. So I think when you look at the offensive line, the Jets will address it. They may address it multiple times. And that's certainly, that makes that 13th pick very valuable to the New York Jets. Man, what a move. Uh, Aaron did note on the uh, Pat McAfee show, by the way, that compensation, as I mentioned earlier, had not been worked out. and The Packers seem to be digging their heels in. Uh, kind of makes sense, right? The guy's a four-time MVP. You're not going to give him away for a bag of balls. You are certainly looking for some treasure assets, and whether that is pick number 13, I would certainly think it has to start with pick 13. Like, start with it. Maybe even much more than that. Uh, But it will be interesting to see how long it takes these two sides to hammer something out. But once the main person involved has made clear what his intentions are, these things don't tend to turn around and go back. So Jordan Love will become the next man up. And let me, I think it's an interesting time to revisit, Todd. It's been three years since Jordan Love got drafted in the first round. Three years! He's played like two games in that time, and the Packers have a confidence in Jordan Love that is unmistakable. That's part of the reason why they are making this move right now in trading away Aaron Rodgers. I'm flying blind. Like, I don't have much of a perspective on Jordan Love. But when you rewind to the draft, what stood out to you coming out of Utah State? Well, he's a guy who can make all the throws. He's got kind of a, a unique, almost like a javelin-type throwing style. He, he's, he's got mobility. He's creative. He can extend plays. I think he's at his best when, when the initial play breaks down and he gets out on the move. But, you know, watching him in the NFL, I know they have a lot of confidence in him. 
but I, I didn't see the greatness that, that you're looking for in, in the couple starts that we've, we've seen from him. So that's going to be interesting to see. They, they, they know a lot more than we do. They're, they're in practice every day. They're developing him. They also, let's just be honest, Aaron Rodgers is a different cat. And he's been kind of holding him under the, you know, under the fire for, for several years and, and kind of threatening not to play anymore or, or wanting to go somewhere else. And I think they just got to a point where it's like the headache's not worth it anymore. We need to get younger. We need to kind of reset and we need to start working towards the future. And, and that, that's been indicated in, in the fact that they're allowing the Jets to make this deal. Now we'll see what the compensation is, but, but Jordan Love is, is a lot of pressure on him now. And, and that's not a great, you know, wide receiver crew. It's, it's a group that offensively that, that had its struggles even with Aaron Rodgers playing at a relatively high level. And so there's a lot of work to do in Green Bay, but it, it feels like they're willing to take a step back for a year in order to develop a young team that they're, they're trying to put together in order to, to have that next run. I mean, they've had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for what, the last couple of decades. And now you got Jordan Love, and, and they're gambling on this guy who they really believe in. Mel, any thoughts on Jordan Love from when he was coming out and what it would mean now for the Packers? Because, you know, you think back over the past, and this is not hyperbole, 30 years. 30 years. 30, actually, I think if I do my math, like 34 years? Whatever. It was Jeez. around 30 years of Brett Favre and then succeeding to Aaron Rodgers. This franchise doesn't know quarterback controversies or quarterback purgatory they know quarterback mvps that's what they know in green bay what could this mean for a franchise that for 30 years has not had to wonder at all what it was going to look like with a new quarterback under center yeah, that is the same, obviously, developmental period for Aaron uh, behind Brett Favre. And uh, certainly, we talked about when they came out, Todd loved love. I liked love. So, uh, you yeah, know, it was a difference there. I mean, <laughs> you look at where these two are right now in terms of, of Aaron now with the Jets, and now the pressure, as Todd said, is squarely on Jordan Love. But he's had time. This is old school. This is the old school developmental process. Let a guy mm-hmm. sit for two, three, four years, right? It never happens now, but it happened back in the day when I was coming through in the 70s and 80s. That's the way you developed a quarterback. And that's where Aaron was developed, if you remember. And you think about Jordan Love, that's what the Packers have done. And uh, he's going to have Christian Watson, a developing guy, second-round pick from last year, who came mm-hmm. on for Aaron and other young receivers as well. So I think that it's the division now with Justin Fields now really being the centerpiece and the Detroit Lions being really one of the teams that everybody's got their eye on. This Lions team is making some moves. They've added two cornerbacks in free agency. They added David Montgomery in free agency. They are on Mm -hmm. the uptick. And I think everybody's looking at this football team with now Jared Goff, the offense they have. They're going to improve that defense. Aiden Hutchinson had an outstanding rookie year. Outplayed Trayvon Walker uh, by a long way. And you think about where we are right now with this Chicago Bears team developing around Justin Fields and here's the Packers we have the Vikings as well but here's two teams Lions much much improved going way up and the Bears trying to keep going up with Justin Fields gonna be fun to see how this plays out with Jordan Love and the Packers and this is simply fascinating I can already tell you that first draft next week will have some sort of perspective on whatever the terms were Uh, Because I'd imagine by then this deal is hammered out but again as of right now for those that are watching live Rodgers has told uh, the Packers he intends to play and he would like to go to the New York Jets. The Jets obviously very receptive to that idea. If you're listening to this on the audio version, sorry, I know it's old hey, news, but it's big news. What do you got, Todd? Hey, Phil, let me, let, let me just jump in, too. 
you got to give Joe, Joe Douglas and, and the Jets a lot of credit. They didn't know that this was going to be the situation. They thought that Zach Wilson was the guy. I even you know, talked to Joe last summer after, after the first year, and, and he was so confident in Zach that he was going to bounce back and, and have a really good year. And it didn't happen, right? So now they make this adjust, adjustment and they go, they go get a Hall of Fame quarterback. But the reason that they can do it is because for, for a few years, they've been dumping high, high price salaries, veteran guys that were there, and, and guys that, that were big name players, you know, and, and like the Jamal Adams trade was huge for them. And they've got, they, they accrued so many draft picks that this is one of the youngest teams in the NFL. And, and almost all of their draft picks in the last two years have hit and hit big. And so now you have this money to, to make a trade for an Aaron Rodgers because of those moves. Again, they didn't foresee having to go out and get Aaron Rodgers two years down the road, but they did foresee, you know, rebuilding this team, dumping a lot of that, that salary cap money that was there with the, the high priced veterans, the big name guys. And, and that, that has allowed them to make this move. So a lot of vision from Joe Douglas and, and this entire staff for the, the New York Jets. Pretty amazing how back in 2008, 15 years ago, the Packers traded Brett Favre in his age 39 season to the New York Jets, three years after <laughs> they drafted Aaron Rodgers. And here we are 15 years later, and three years after they drafted Jordan Love, they are trading Aaron Rodgers, most likely, to the New York Jets for his age 39 season. I suppose circle of life is real in the NFL. I know it's hard to imagine anything else stacks up in terms of importance to this Aaron Rodgers trade, but just quickly, do either of you, I'll start with you, Mel, is there a free agency move that's, that's been reported so far that you think sort of shakes up the draft more than others? And we talked about Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Raiders as one example. That would be an example of a you know potential in the top 10. But there have been a couple other moves that maybe stand out to you that have changed the complexion of the draft so far, or has nothing really moved the needle that much for you? Yeah, I have Mach 3.0 coming out on Tuesday, and I look at these free agency moves and what impacts how you do your mock draft. And the Detroit Lions are sitting there, uh, you know, in the top 10, six pick. You think about corner, Christian Gonzalez, cornerback Oregon, Devon Witherspoon, cornerback Illinois. But then you bring in Mosley, you bring in, you know, uh, Sutton. So you bring in two corners, two veteran corners to the Detroit Lions football team. I say you added David Montgomery as well. So the Lions have addressed the cornerback spot with some veterans, and we'll see where Oku is in the developmental process, but certainly cornerback looked like a glaring need. And, you know, they, they were definitely going to take a cornerback at that point. And Christian Gonzalez now, will they go a different direction? So you have to try to figure out now the Lions. That defense has to be upgraded significantly. I'd say Hutchinson had that phenomenal rookie year, and now they add the two veteran cornerbacks in free agency. Anything for Utah that stood out so far in free agency? Well, you, you mentioned the Raiders, and, and I think that that's a perfect situation for for Anthony Richardson now to, to draft him and maybe move up a few spots to, to go get him, whether it's up to number three, Arizona ahead of, ahead of the Colts, or maybe to five with Seattle to, to ensure that you're going to get him. The other thing is, what about the Patriots? You know, Jacoby Myers is, is now gone, and it seems like Josh McDaniels is taking the whole Patriots roster. And, and Myers is, it, with Myers gone, like, what do they have at wide receiver? And I know I had taken a wide receiver regardless because they, they just need more weapons on the outside for, for Mac Jones. But it becomes an even more important now with Jacoby Myers gone 
they've got to bring in some somebody who's an impact player, somebody who can get open down the field. I know Mac Jones doesn't have the biggest arm, but he was able to throw vertically to you know to the Jerry Judy and and uh, and uh, uh, Jamison Williams, I think it was, and whoever they had at that at that point, all those first round wide receivers. So. He needs a guy that can get vertical or at least is an outstanding route runner that can separate and can create some easier throws for him. You are right. And by the way, it is now Patriots West in Las Vegas. And the interesting (laughs) part about free agency is that a lot of the major moves take place in the first blitz, right? We're 48 hours or I guess almost 50 hours into the legal negotiating window. But we also know that like things can change rapidly in the NFL. But as of right now, we're having this conversation just for full disclosure at 1.38 Eastern time on Wednesday, March 16th. That Patriots wide receiver room, that pass catcher room, not imposing, and especially in a division that you talked about, Todd, is very, very, very scary all of a sudden. Uh, let's go ahead and... Here, here's the other thing, too. Oh, go ahead, Todd. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off no, again, Field. No, you're good. What's going on with Lamar Jackson? You know, that, that, that could play a huge factor in, in how this quarterback thing plays out. I mean, if, if you're in Indianapolis and, and Lamar's not going back to Baltimore or you're Las Vegas, I, any of these teams that need a quarterback, I, I, it's shocking to me how small the market, and I know the demands and in, in wanting the $250 million in 10 years guaranteed, uh, like Deshaun Watson, something similar to that, and I know that's outrageous. But at some point, Lamar Jackson's either got to strike a deal with Baltimore or find another team. And where he lands is going to really – it could, could if it's not in Baltimore, really impact the quarterback landscape when we're talking about the first night of the draft. All right. A lot to get to with the draft. A lot more to get to with free agency. But, of course, Aaron Rodgers, the headline for today is Aaron Rodgers intends to play for the New York Jets in 2023. And if we've learned with Rodgers, I think it's fair to say it seems like things are year to year for him right now, although he has two years left on this current contract. So maybe this is a multi-year commitment to the Jets. Before we wrap things up, we uh, want to let Todd, let's, let's talk more draft stuff here, Todd. And let's, you know, we, we can't only be talking about the stuff that takes place in free agency. So I'm going to sort of hand the microphone to you, the proverbial microphone, and let you take it where you'd like to go. I've got two spotlight players. We, we did this last year. We're just going to start it up. We got about a, a month or so away from the draft. Two spotlight players that, that aren't big name guys that I think people need to know because I think they're going to be impact players as rookies and, and moving forward. And I'll start with two-lane running back, Ty J. Spears. He was, to me, of all the running backs of the Senior Bowl, clearly the number one guy in terms of creating and, and utilizing his lateral agility. I mean, he's 5'10", 201 pounds, really impressive blend of twitchiness, contact balance, and speed. Um, he creates his own yards with his vision, that lateral agility and the ability to bounce off would-be tacklers. He rushed for 1,581 yards and 19 touchdowns last last season, and also caught 22 passes. To me, in the deep group of running backs this year, Spears is probably going to be a third-round pick, and I think he can be a starter in the league, Mel. I I think this guy has special qualities to him. Maybe it's in a rotation. Maybe it's not his rookie year that he's a starter, but I think we're going to be looking at Spears as a guy who said, how in the hell did he get to the third or fourth round back in that 2023 draft? The other guy is Mississippi State cornerback Emmanuel Forbes. He, and I know Forbes is rising, and now he's being talked about potentially as a first-round pick. And he's a toothpick, don't get me wrong. I mean, he, he's got length, 
but he's 166 pounds. That's what he checked in at, uh, at the combine. At six foot one, though, with the long arms that he has, he, he's one kind of one of those exceptions. He's a tall, long guy, but he's better in off coverage than he is in press. He does a great job of reading quarterbacks' eyes, understanding route concepts, no wasted motion in terms of his pedal when he plants and drives, and, and he consistently gets early jumps on the ball. He ran a 4-3-6 at the Combine, and he had 14 interceptions during his career, including three pick sixes this past year. So you're talking about a guy, if you're playing a zone scheme or an off-man scheme, I know he's not going to be a great tackler, and, and he's got to get bigger and stronger, but a, a guy who can get you the football back and is an absolute playmaker. So Forbes may sneak into the first round, may go early in the second, but between Spears and Forbes, those are two guys that we're not talking a lot about that I think are going to be huge impact players in the NFL. All right. Well, it's good to kind of wrap things up there with some draft coverage. Mel, are you on the clock for your next mock draft on Tuesday, uh, March 21st? Yeah, one o'clock for Tuesday, Mach 3.0. But I'll tell you what, guys, I'll give you, I was watching some tape this morning as we do this time every year. And Anthony Johnson Jr., Iowa State safety, a former corner. And that's what we love is guys that played corner for a period of time, then moved to safety. He's a Matt Campbell favorite. This kid is physical. He tackles. He's aggressive. Fourth on the team in tackles. Had five career force fumbles. Had two picks this past year. Six foot 205, a four five four speed and a 37 and a half vertical. I'm looking for safeties that are way under the radar, Way underrated. Anthony Johnson Jr., Iowa State safety, really like that kid. And Tank Dell, the receiver from uh, Houston, what a player, Todd. I mean, I watched him this morning making catches in traffic. I watched him returning punts. I watched him attack the football. Now he's got to eliminate the focus drops, okay? Got to eliminate those. As a guy who can go get the football. (laughs) What? Have you noticed? Kuiper can't help himself. I got two spotlight players in. When no. he does his rant at the end of the podcast, normal Mel's weeks, off script. Yeah. I just sit back and I, you know, I yeah. let him have have his time. He just can't help himself. I, I I love it about him, but it also drives me absolutely bananas. Oh, you know something? And I, hey, I'm gonna off script is supposed to be uninterrupted, right? Feel That's uninterrupted cool. off script. But hey, hey, Todd, you got to do what you got to do, pal. But no, to, to the point about. Anthony Johnson, Jr., Iowa State, way underrated. For a kid like Tank Dell, somebody's going to get a guy who's a football player, and he's going to help you right away as a great punt returner. And I'll tell you what, you laugh when I had Will McDonald the fourth in the top ten, pass rusher from Iowa State, right? You laugh when Deontay Banks, cornerback Maryland, Kalijah Cansey, defensive tackle. Emmanuel I didn't Ford, laugh at Banks. Way, Let me, uh... you, you questioned it. You questioned it. You questioned I hadn't watched his tape yet. I told you I hadn't watched enough of his tape yet. I like him. Well, you were late to the party. You're just a little late to the party, but we finally were graced by your presence. I said that last week. Now, to Emmanuel Forbes, okay, he's Splendid Splinter 3 for me. Splendid Splinter, Ted Williams, the original. Splendid Splinter 2 was Devontae Smith. Splendid Splinter 3, Emmanuel Forbes. I really like that kid. I'll give you another kid that's going to go top 15 of the first round. Here we go. Okay. Addy Tamiwa Adabare, yeah. a defensive lineman from Northwestern, who yeah. will be a three technique. The way he tested, and I went back, the way he chased in lateral pursuit, you saw that 449 yeah. speed on tape when I watched him this morning. Okay. He's got scheme versatility. He's a great kid. He's got long arms for his size. And to run and test like he did and be a guy who played well at Northwestern, and he's a great kid off the charts. There's a guy in the first round where we're looking for surprises because we're going to see some come late April. 
Will McDonald the fourth, Deontay Banks, Kalajic Kansi, add the Northwestern kid at Abari to that list. I think he goes much higher than people are projecting right now. Pr- right. Pronounce his name again for me, Mel. Adi Tamiwa Adebare. I'm glad that Mel handled okay. that one because I'm not going to lie. Yeah, hey, Todd, we've, we've got about six weeks in a day to practice that one for the draft because it sure sounds like he's got a real chance <laughs> of going at some point on the first night on April 27th live from Kansas City. We mm-hmm. cannot wait from that. And you know something? I know that we like the ribbing at the end of the show, but I'll be entirely transparent with you guys. Part of the reason why I have felt so honored to be a part, small part of the show is that you two care about one thing and one thing only. That's talking football, and that's talking the NFL draft. So I love it when you guys have passion about players that, even if it's not necessarily on our rundown, we find time for it as part of the reason why first draft You're, is you're a good sport, Field. I'll no, give you that. I, I, good I, sport. Love, I learn every time you guys go up, so it is great. And uh, That's first why draft. it's off script, right? right. That's, that's right. why it's off script. We are officially off, off script. Uh, we are back next week. Uh, again, we have Mel's Mock 3.0, 4.0. Another new mock draft from Mel Kuyper Jr. 3.0. It drops on Tuesday. We'll have a full show on ESPN2 plus ESPN+. And we'll have more on first draft. We've got pro days. We've got second wave of free agency, potential trades. And Aaron Rodgers, he'll be a Jet. We'll find out from what it is. For Mel and Todd, I am Field. We'll talk to you guys again next week.